0: in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations, but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it, life is hard, and let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days but we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, Ma.
2: Good morning. Merry Christmas to you, Mary, and to all of our audience. And if you're having to celebrate the next day, whatever day you're celebrating, We are just so glad to be with you today.
1: Yes. Yeah. And if you hop on this podcast in the middle of April or July, and it's Christmas in July, Merry Christmas. I feel like it is Mm. always a
2: good day to celebrate
1: Christmas.
2: Yes. That's so great. Amen. So today
1: we are finishing up our series on Emmanuel, God with us. And we're going to be talking about Jesus as a baby coming at Christmas, but how does that connect with his return? And what does that look like? And why are the two connected? And why does that even matter? When we're talking about Christmas and Jesus coming as a baby in a manger, why is it also so important that we
2: remember his second coming? That's so good. Yes, because as we're trying to lay these timelines, like our past, where we are presently, and then there's a future for us Remember that since God lives outside of time and space, but as we know him, there's these parts we know about him that he's revealed. He is the same Jesus and God and Holy Spirit, whether it's in the past, today or tomorrow. Yes. And
1: I think as we've talked about in previous weeks and as we all just know, there is something about Christmas that brings everybody together, like this anticipation, this excitement of Christmas. And I was talking to my daughter and I feel like she said it best this year. And she was just thinking about Christmas and making her Christmas countdown. And she just looks at me, my 10 year old, Well, she just turned 11. And she said, I mean, I really like Christmas, but I think I really like the days leading up to Christmas (laughs) more than Christmas. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, that's so true and insightful. I feel like you finally come to that place as a kid or even a little bit older and you're like, I like Christmas okay, but I think it's not really Christmas that I like. I think it's all this anticipation leading up to it. Right. And all this excitement and all the lights and all the things and the traditions. And then Christmas morning comes and you're like, yes. And then
2: I I wouldn't say it's a letdown, but kind of. I agree. And I think when you're talking about particularly Mercy, she is she so values relationship. So it's all those things that are happening, all those family activities that you're naming that I think she just loves. And so I think in that way, really, when I think about her, I think, wow, Mercy She's got it so right. It's not about the opening of the presents. But I do think that trickles into all of us. Yeah. Even from the parent side where you're working so hard to make everybody excited and happy. And, man, you're just exhausted by Christmas Day on top of everything else. And then you're holding your breath. Are they going to like the presents you got them? And there's so much. You're right. So many expectations with Christmas. There really
1: is. Yeah. But I think across the board, like Christmas night or the next day, it's kind of like, wah, wah. And I was just thinking on that. And I think we're wired to feel that anticipation. We're created to feel that like, it's coming, it's coming. But of course, our version of Christmas, so many of our versions is truly not the fullness of what that looks like. And so there's always this letdown. There's always this
2: uh, it wasn't quite it, you know? Yes. Yes. And I I mean, we all hear this. We know this to be true, but this is a great time because we know we are coming in the day after Christmas. And that's just to say to all of us, no matter who you are and where you're at with the Lord, is that, man, when we're looking for other things to bring us that peace and joy, we're almost always going to be disappointed because there has to be something greater. And especially when we're talking about Christmas it's almost like we can feel that sting as much as any time of the year. But I think we would all agree, man, we got to find ways to not only dial down some of the false expectations, but the whole point is to maybe more center ourselves on really the person of God himself, the person of Jesus, inviting the Holy Spirit in. Because I think that is the only way we can really have the kind of peace and fullness of what we're looking for from those expectations.
1: Yes. And remembering that truly the, the reason we're even feeling that tension and that pull of the anticipation and then the letdown is because it is not yet when tying it back into his second coming. It's like we feel that anticipation of Christmas because we want something to look forward to. We know that this isn't enough. This isn't it. We feel the tension and the letdown of humanity, right? And then we feel that lack. And the Lord's saying, yes, yes. Stand in that tension a little bit. You're not supposed to feel at home completely yes. here. I'm coming back. Remember. Yes. Remember. Look unto that. There is going to be a moment where it's not going to be a letdown. Yes, like, Jesus. You know, look your eyes yes. to that. Nothing yes. will satisfy. Nothing will be yes. fully complete or be fully anchored in peace until He comes back.
2: Yes. Yes. I love that. And as I've been thinking about His return in preparing for this, I just, it's so amazing. I did a quick read through the end of the last four or five chapters of Revelation yesterday. And man, it's just, I don't know, somehow it just always gets more deeper in in my heart. And this time I just transcribed it and and typing it all out. So I was having to go slower, so to speak, but I was just overwhelmed how literally everything is going to be made new. It just was so inspiring. It's like, Everything is going to be new and and not just perfect in the way that we would think that in an OCD way, but full of new life in yes. ourselves and in our environment. It was just so beautiful to think about. I often stay very present because I'm so practical and in that way. But man, we could all be better off to give ourselves space and time to think about Something that is going to be altogether different than this life. It's very, very easy to be caught up in the practical and in this earth. Yeah. And
1: I think also it gives us hope as I just mm. kept thinking about Christmas. What is Christmas? So many things. And we've been talking about it. But it's like the the reality that Jesus coming as a baby, it's like oh, there's still hope. There's mm. still hope that we're not all just doomed to mm. our own dark humanity. Yes. There's hope that God is coming and he's going to restore all the broken things. Yes, That's all we have. I mean, yes. that is all we're banking on. And as I was reading about Jesus is coming back, it was like, you see certain themes about be sober, be alert, be ready, be watchful. And I don't know, I think maybe just reading those as a kid, it was like, okay, oh. I don't know. It just felt stressful or always be watching over your back. You never know. Or some of those songs used to yeah, sing as yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah. I knew that's where yes. you were
2: going on that one. Yes.
1: You never know. Just at any moment. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it was just stressful. But then I would read things like, God's coming back. Yes. There's hope. Remind each other of these yes. truths. This is not all for nothing. This is not all in vain. Yes. He is returning and he will restore all all broken things and make them
2: new again. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I I, I say yes and amen to that for sure. And I guess the million dollar question on our show is always, as we're talking right now about is, how does that matter to us? But I, I think that's what we're talking about even now so that we can, you know, think on these things because they do matter. And in terms of hope, as Mary is saying, and I'm saying peace in these places, it really can affect us greatly. So I ran across a a quote from a a pastor. I was in this workbook uh, that he has written, and he basically asked this question, what would move God to become a man? What would move God to become a man? And I was like, wow, that's a great question. I'm not going to read the answer until I sit on that for a minute because I know he's going to give an answer of some sort. But, But man, I knew my first thought was, It was for the sake of love. It was for the sake of love. So we're talking about him in all his forms, and we talk about the baby in the manger. And then, of course, we alluded to the whole story of him being the savior of the world and taking our place. It's not just that he rescued us from an eternity without his presence, but we also basically became adopted forever. But he brings up a point which I found really beautiful, which is the zeal of the Lord. And I think we all have an idea of what zeal means. But in the Bible, zeal is almost always connected with the ideas of love. So that is one of them. And another one is his covenant. And this idea where he's portrayed as like fire, like God, if, if he could manifest himself in the physical realm, Like he'd be a big ball of fire. That's really a strange, right, Uh, way for God to present himself. But in all of that, I, I think some of these, this burning heart, this fiery zeal that he has for himself, which is his glory on the earth, is that's the primary thing. When we're talking about the return of the Lord, this is really coming from where we see it bust out in in everyday life for thousands of years. So it's not as though that's hidden from us and we're going to see it for the first time when he returns. But I think what's really amazing is we're thinking about the baby and the Jesus, then we're seeing the God-man actually submit to death and then we see him raised from the dead. I think these are the pieces that we're seeing. So that's what we're mostly looking at. Most of Christians aren't really looking intently at this next scene In the life of the God-man. And when you see zeal in all these verses, they have to do with this jealousy of God. And that's something I sat on as we're talking today about the return of the Lord. And so in that way, I would say, I think it's a moving thing to consider that when Jesus returns, again, he won't be the baby in the manger. His power will be displayed in such a way that every single eye will see him. But not just that they'll see him, but the idea of coming closer, the proximity of God to your presence, everyone will fall on their faces all over the earth. It doesn't matter who they are. They'll either be falling to their faces for worship or they'll be falling their faces out of extreme fear and maybe even anger. Why didn't you tell me this sooner? Or all the kinds of things that people are going to feel when they see him. But all of that just began to move my heart about God's zeal for us and He's jealous that we would be intoxicated with him, that his glory and his fame throughout the earth, that would be personalized to us. Again, the analogy is to adultery in a marriage, that the idea is that there's extreme jealousy to protect this relationship that is so holy, that you are mine and I am yours, so to speak. That kind of holiness in a relationship, you know, we don't really see the fullness of that as often today as we once did. But God sees us that way. So I don't know. I find that so inspiring that he loves us so much that he knows there is nothing that will satisfy because no one is perfect as God is perfect. He's jealous to connect us with that beauty of himself that we'd be ravished by that because then how much more often would we be less disappointed how much less would we be overcome with our circumstances God is saying my name and everything that represents my glory and my reputation and my fame throughout the earth will one day be completely highlighted for all of eternity. And we will not live in these broken places anymore. I don't know. I was pretty jazzed up about that. Yes. <laughs> Something to get
1: jazzed up about. It is. Right? As, as I see your notes on this video, people can't see this. Way but
2: more than I'm going to use. But so many notes. That. So many
1: things that are highlighted. I love that <laughs> yes. so much. Yes. I was thinking about the last time the disciples saw Jesus mm. ascending. And when they said, it was like one of the last things that they could have said to him as he was ascending. I mean, they just saw him 40 days earlier rise from the dead Mm. and they were with him for 40 days. And so again, talking about the life of Christ, they, they, him as that baby in the manger, or they've heard about him. They've experienced it. They've heard from Mary, the mother of Jesus firsthand. Some watched him be crucified. Now they've seen him risen from the dead and now he is ascending into heaven. And telling them, I'm sending something better. I'm sending my Holy Spirit. They have no grid for what that means or what that looks like. But he's saying, just wait. I promise it's better. I'm just imagining what's in their head at that point.
2: Like, what are you
1: talking about? It's better. How could it be better? And what? So many questions. But I love how, I don't even know who, which one said it, but like, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of yeah, Israel? Exactly. Let's just like cut the chase here. Yeah. You could be falling on your face or doing all these different things, but they're just kind of like, so before you go, just uh, one <laughs> quick thing. Are you restoring it? Like, what's going on? And the Lord responds basically like, Chill out. None of oh, your or, business. Yeah. Yes. I will do it in my own timing. <laughs> yes. Just a pause, take a breath. And I was struck with that because God doesn't rebuke them. He, he's kind. Yeah. He, he gets it. And so I, I, I felt like I heard my heart even in that like, Lord, I know you're coming back. I know you're faithful. I know you're the God of everything. But there's something about just the rawness and the yes. grittiness and the humanity of that, of like, but as you're ascending up yes, into heaven, cute. <laughs> yes, I just have one quick question. Like, is it all going to be OK? Yes. At home? yes. Is everything going to be OK? Are you going to restore this yes. broken relationship between me and my mom or my friend or my kid? And the Lord's like, yes, I will be faithful and I will come back. You, yes. know, you don't know when, but have hope. Yes. Don't lose hope. Mm-hmm. I am coming back. And I just, I think I just sat on that because I'm like the Lord sees our very specific needs in the midst of the big picture of him coming back. I think sometimes I get lost in that. I'm like, okay, so if Jesus comes back on a cloud or whatever, I don't know. Was that metaphorical? Is that real? Like you can't stand on clouds. Like I learned that in like fourth grade. I was very disappointed and I was like, what? It's like just fall through. Yeah, that's what? Anyways. And so I'm like, Lord, what is that look like. And even if you do come back in this huge, magnificent way where everyone's falling on their faces, that seems pretty regal and not personal. I'm just going to be sitting over here in the corner still with my own issues like, oh, yeah, that's so awesome. But I still have my kids fighting and brokenness in our home. And so the Lord's like, no, you're seeing it wrong. I bridge the gap. When I come back, it touches everything. Like when you turn a light on in a room There's no more darkness in the corner of the room. It touches everything. When the sun comes Mm. up in the morning, darkness is gone. The light comes up even in the tiny crevices of the earth. It can't not touch everything when the sun comes up. And so I'm like, yes, Lord, when you come back, you're coming back for all of us, for every broken thing, for all wrong thinking, for all of it. Lord, we can have hope. That this
2: is not the end. That is the hope of Christmas. Yes. I think that's the fullness that God is wanting to express when he came into the world as a man, as this baby. Because, again, what was this tied to? What you're bringing up right now? One of the primary reasons, among many others, that Jesus came in a womb and was born in a physical way is because he was coming to be the savior of humanity. So to become a brother as the second Adam, that's how scripture shows us what's happening in him coming in this way. To come in the most vulnerable position that a God who has lived forever and ever with all power and authority to lay down those things and walk side by side with his creation and humanity and to see firsthand, to enter into deep relationships with the people. It was necessary for God to come and become a human. Obviously, it was the most perfect way. But what I love about this is that he so relates to the very thing you're talking about, this very broken earthy dusty sweat filled anxiety filled world yeah the parts that he participated in were not anything that caused him to actually sin because weakness is not sin and so he actually come and honored our weakness by becoming one of us and living amongst us And the word says clearly that it was a kind of connection that had to be had for him to become the Savior. That does get heady to think about it all. But I think if we think in those terms that you were just saying, Mary, if we just pause to consider what's happened in that manger, what's happened on that cross, and what's coming for us. Remember, that's what Advent means, coming, coming. And the advent of his next coming is obviously going to make all things right in a way that cannot be undone but i think this idea that he does understand that he does see us with such compassion and that we have such access to him even though he's the god of the universe these are the things that we want to really take with us as we think about his second return the idea of that vulnerability of a baby the idea of that vulnerability of being naked on a cross and in extraordinary pain. These things that he chose to take on himself is really mind-boggling. But I think God is saying he wants it to be heart-boggling that our hearts would be so overwhelmed at the goodness and his compassion for his own creation. And the fact that it's good news that when he returns... He will not come as a baby in a manger, but his fullness of his power and his authority over all things will be made very clear and not in a way that is a raging, narcissistic, crazy dictator. I mean, this is great news that our God has this nature unto everything being holy and beautiful and good. And so I think just weaving that into our own narrative of who God is is really important that we see him in these parts because he's integrated into all of that. And what's coming for us, the advent of his second return is really what all this is unto. Always was and always will be. And so today, the day after Christmas... We just invite you to carry these ideas with you. They don't have to just be for Christmas that we contemplate these things. These are for us every day of the year. These beautiful things to think on that you're not alone and that God is coming for you. And that makes a difference on your life today. We just encourage you to continue to think on these things. We bless you so much and wish you the happiest and merriest of Christmases. And thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast.
0: We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website, but for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at AmesGirls, that's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.